Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. It's KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Maureen Cavanaugh. Earlier in the hour, we heard about the problems that Ticketmaster is causing for would-be concert goers. But as our next guest explains, it's not so easy for those trying to put on a show either. For more than 30 years, Tim Mays has been one of San Diego's major indie rock impresarios, bringing in acts from near and far to the iconic venue he co-founded, the Casbah. The downtown concert hall has a reputation as one of the city's more affordable venues, but putting on a show in the age of soaring ticket prices is getting harder. He joins us now with more on some of the major changes that have affected San Diego's music scene. And Tim, hello, welcome. Hi, hi, Maureen. How are you doing? Great. Thank you for being here. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. You know, as someone who's been so steeped in the world of punk rock, Tim, you know this better than anybody. Shows used to be cheap. So what happened? I started in, uh, 40 years ago, actually, doing independent punk rock shows in halls, rental rental venues, you know. And back then, ticket prices were started out at about $3 when I first started. I got up to about $10 in about 1983, 84. And my nickname back then was $10 Tim because people were really bummed out that I was charging 10 bucks. And I'd always, you know, to, to respond to that, any criticism, I'd always, well, just go put on a show yourself. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that you don't, the average person doesn't, isn't aware of. Flash forward 30, 40 years. And, you know, just like during uh, the last couple of years where gas prices shot up and food prices went up and buying a car went way up and buying buying anything. So those are all reflected in ticket prices. Prior to the pandemic, a, a small new touring band would go out on the road and their booking agents would, would ask for ticket prices, you know, 10, 12, maybe $15. After the pandemic, and once, you know, things have gotten back into full swing, which is, is how it is pretty much now, uh, starting starting for a new band is $15, $18 tickets. So it's jumped, you know, probably, what, 25 30% in the last couple of years, just on the base level of what bands need to do. And that's 
that's because it costs a lot of money to be on the road. You know, gasoline, food, lodging, those three things alone just have, have probably doubled in the last five to 10 years for any touring band. So that's that's where the increases are. And, you know, people seem to be able to afford the tickets. You know, uh, we are at the Casbah on the, on the lower end. I mean, you know, I, I paid $200 for tickets to Roxy Music a few months ago. And, you know, that was, <laughs> I would have never thought I'd pay that much for anything, but that was a low end of a, a major show like that, you know? So, so yeah, we're still relatively cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Casbah is one of the, I wouldn't call it relatively cheap, but it's one of the more affordable venues in town. So how hard is it? <laughs> how hard is it to maintain that? You know, it, it, it all goes back to when whenever we book a show, my first question to the booking agent is what what ticket price do you want to go with? And generally, we structure the deal based on whatever ticket price they think is is applicable. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll say, well, that seems a little bit high based on what what the band has done in the past or or what current ticket prices levels are. But pretty much that's what dictates it. So, you know, we try and structure it. It's not a it's it's not an exact science you know you do do your research look at various metrics on how the band does on social media and, and on you know things like spotify and pandora and stuff like that and you try to put together an educated guess based on what you've you know what you've learned over the last 30 40 years and what the market will bear and it's like gambling you know um people always you know go to las vegas and people are like well what what do you play there i said i don't gamble i gamble every day putting shows on <laughs> that's my gambling and uh, you know luckily most of the time we come out on top of that but uh you know, it's not a sure thing ever. You mentioned the pandemic and inflation and so forth, but I would imagine one of the effects of the pandemic was that it really increased people's desire to finally see live music again. How does that sort of demand play into the ticket prices we're seeing now? You know, we, like I said, we base it on whatever the booking agent wants to charge. And, and once we set a ticket price and the show goes on sale, we don't change it. I mean, there will be an advanced ticket price. Then there will be a, sh a day of show ticket price where, you know, the price always goes up usually on the day of the show. I'm starting to see a model now where some places are charging an advanced ticket price and then a week of the show ticket price and then a day of show. So three tiers uh, instead of two which, you know, squeezes a little bit of extra revenue in that last week. We haven't really done, we've done a couple of those, but but not not really. Um, the pandemic, you know, I mean, when we reopened in July of 2021, finally, you know, people were buying tickets like crazy, but we had a lot of no-shows because people were still leery of being out in large groups. So We'd have shows back in, in fall of 2021 where, you know, we, we sell 200 tickets and we'd only have 150 people, 140 people show up, which was fine for the bands. They still got they got the same money they would have gotten, you know, whether the people showed up or not because they already bought the tickets. But, you know, it impacts the the bar revenue a bit when you have, you know, you could have sold another 50 tickets at the door. But it created demand and now demand is back to where it was. You know, people are people. I think people took live music for granted prior to the pandemic. You know, like I, there's so many venues in San Diego and so many shows and so many bands. They're like, oh, I can go out this night or I can go out that night or I can go see something else. But once the pandemic, 
you know, lasted that as long as it did, I think people people realize it's not to be taken for granted, and it's a it's a joyous thing to go see a band play, whether it's a small place like the Casbah or a big place like uh, the Open Air Theater or Soma or, or what have you. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you that because aside from the costs, you must have seen changes in this industry over the past 30, 40 years you've been involved. How do you think attitudes towards live music have changed? You know, San Diego, when I first started out, San Diego was a a town that bands skipped quite often because it was considered a a, a secondary or or not even secondary, maybe tertiary, third, third level market because of the, you know, amount of money that we could pay bands and the amount of people it turned out. And over the years, it's gradually gotten to, you know, more culturally aware, I I guess. You know, back then it was a very, very conservative uh, beach town, you know, military town. And now it's, it's, you know, San Diego, the the food and the, the, the craft cocktail and the brewery thing and live music and art are all, you know, I, I'd say level, on a level of most major cities in the U.S., you know. So I think the, the appreciation of live music has increased commensurate with all those those other factors and those other realms. And, you know, bands still skip San Diego when they're on a tight schedule, but more and more you see bands. I mean, any given night, there's five or six decent shows you could pick to go to. And that wasn't always the case for so many years. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Right now, the Coachella Music Festival is in between weekends. Does the Casbah still put on bands who are in the area for Coachella? You know, we used to do a lot of side shows, they called them, you know, where bands had to fill that week with something uh, because, you know, they couldn't afford to just sit sit around in Los Angeles for two for a week. But more and more, we, we don't get many of those anymore. I'm not sure why. I think Golden Voice kind of plays it a little more close to the vest as far as whatever shows they are going to allow the bands to do. They want to put them on themselves to maximize their revenue, which, you know, I, I understand that completely. But it used to be a great thing. We would we would have multiple shows at the Casbah, multiple shows at the Belly Up, multiple shows at the Observatory during that week. And I think we've only got a handful maybe between between Casbah and Belly Up. There's, there's only a handful. I know... A couple of bands are playing at Humphreys during the week and um, maybe the um, probably not the observatory because that's a Live Nation venue and Golden Voice and Live Nation are competitors in a pretty big way. So, so yeah, so we don't get as many as we used to. It's, it's kind of a bummer, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Now, Casbah, no, I know, often works, though, with other venues in the region to put on shows and attract talent to San Diego. What has it been like to work in tandem with so many highly regarded concert halls? 
Um, it's a great, it's a great thing. It's a, it's a mutual, uh, admiration society, if you will. Um, Casbah's a, a part owner at Soda Bar. So we do a lot of shows there together. Soda Bar book shows at Casbah too. Um, we've been working closely with the belly up in music box and observatory, uh, for years and years and years. And we have a really great respectful relationship with, with those venues as well as, you know, House of Blues, Soma. There's the new venue that uh, opened up in Del Mar called The Sound, which the belly up is, is running. And we're, we're, you know, we're going to have a couple shows up there with them so we've got a really great thing we're you know the, the good thing with casba is at that small level where we're at we oftentimes get bands in when they're just coming up so we've taken great pains to build relationships with the bands their managers and their booking agents so that when they do get bigger and they outgrow playing the casbah we're able to maintain that relationship and that history and 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 take them into larger venues where we you know we we co-promote with those venues on on a regular basis i mean any given month we'll have you know five ten fifteen shows at other venues not so much at the Casbah, because as we mentioned, that you, you've been really working hard to keep your concerts affordable. But it seems that over the landscape, live music is becoming more of a luxury instead of being part of a regular night out. Do you think that's bad for music in general? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it really limits the socioeconomic type of, of person who can go. I mean, you you can't go afford to go see a couple shows a week at a certain level you know and it, it's kind of like baseball where you used to be able to go to a baseball game for five or seven dollars and sit out in the bleachers or out in the grass and you know that that's gone ridiculously high too and it's it does lock out a bunch of people who you know are music fans music fan music fandom cuts across all all economic levels so so it makes it hard to see a major show i mean if you want to go see something like like the cure and i know the cure had lower price tickets for their tour but still to get a decent seat or and you had the service charges in and all that you know you're looking at a pretty major price and so you got to kind of scrimp and save to to make that work you know, this is a silly question, but I want to ask you anyway because I want to hear your answer. Why <laughs> is it imp- why is it important to see bands live in the first place? There's so many other options people have now. Why is it so well, important? There's nothing like being in a in a room with a loud band playing your favorite songs, your favorite people, artists up on stage with your friends all gathered around. You know, there's there's no experience like that. You know, seeing a movie or listening to a record or, or listening to music in your car. Uh, all those things are wonderful, but it just nothing nothing matches being in a live venue, especially someplace like the Casbah, where basically you're like a foot away from the performer, you know. But even up to the level of going to a larger show, I mean, it's it's just magical. And, you know, sometimes, I you know, you go see a show and you hear a song that you've, you've cherished for years and you get goosebumps or you get tears and you know, or you get something that we're fist pumping and just going nuts. And people love, you know, it's, there's no way to duplicate that experience at live music. It's just like kind of like going to a movie theater instead of watching a movie on your TV. There's a whole different realm of it that that's just, you know, you, it's hard to describe, but people who do those things know. Tim, what's kept you going in the industry for so long? You know, I started out as a music fan and I'm still a music fan. And, you know, the nuts and bolts of it now have gotten a little more, a lot more intricate over the years where, you know, there's a lot of more analytical 
uh, behavior to and marketing and stuff like that. That when you started out, it's kind of they just left you to, to your own devices to put a show up and put it on sale. And now it's much more controlled and and you know, uh, like I said, more analytical. But um, at the end of the day, there's nothing like going to see a show that I booked, whether it's at you know that, at the Music Box or the Belly Up or the Casbah, and just being there with friends and and bands bands who you've become friends with over the years. You know, I've met pretty much everybody I know in my my social circle at this point in my life is people I've met either as fans of music or musicians or you know coworkers and or people who've worked for me over the years. So. So it's been, a, you know, I mean, I'm still a music fan and I still enjoy it. That's what's kept me going. Yeah, well, thank you for that. <laughs> thank San Diego thanks you for that, Tim. <laughs> I've been speaking <laughs> with Casbah co-founder Tim Mays. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Great. Thanks for having me. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.